right, so I've got Eric Bender with me, and we're about to let the world know what we've been uh, working on for quite a while. It's, uh, I think, scale of one to ten, what a pain in the ass this has been. It's definitely at the higher level. Um, but tell everybody, well, everybody knows you, but tell everybody what you're doing, because I think people have the idea sometimes that uh, I do a lot more designing than uh, I do, and I get credit for what you do a lot, so... Literally know what you're doing here. <laughs> uh, I make the gear. Um, pretty much the, the team sits down. We decide the project that we want to conquer or uh, uh, the problem that we want to attempt to solve. And then uh, I go geek out and do my nerd thing for you know a couple weeks at a time and then start bringing back prototypes. And then we improve and sharpen the, the edge from there. Yeah, and, and, and this is... Uh... And we've got more than just the uh, the carbon frame coming out. I don't want to go into all of that because there's like different times they're being released, and, and I don't want to get in trouble for my the marketing team, or, nor do you. Um, but with the carbon frame, that was something kind of backdating that. I granite gear, probably the first carbon frame I ever saw was under Patrick's table. He had like just sheets of carbon and stays, things like that. And I think he had told me, and, and, and I may have looked it up. Granite gear was the first. A company to patent a type of a carbon frame, I think. But when when I started working more with Patrick, that was when Kuyu came out with their carbon frame. Right. And that frame I broke a lot of. I know they've improved that since then. It was super flexible. Uh, but I always liked the the concept, uh, or you know, carbon. I like I like I like carbon arrows. But. The design was interesting with the Kuyu frame too, because it had the two uprights yeah, for the load lifter, yeah, and even with as good as carbon could get they were doing full sheet composite layup right yeah. where they weren't adding any extra carbon at least to my knowledge to the points and then it started breaking yeah and obviously they've changed that you know since then and technology's come a long way and and i uh oh i, I started to look at when we were looking at carbon we were a spaceship or whatever satellite technology those the wings of you know satellites or honeycomb carbon and then bow limbs carbon mm-hmm. um I saw some pretty interesting things coming out of uh, Korea and Japan, um, as well as down in actually fishing boats for like uh, yeah. flat deck boats. And so, uh, this I had been talking to you about the frame just verbally for a while, um, and it's pretty close to the the concept I had or the idea I had. My biggest concern was it was it breaking. Like I just yeah. didn't think we could do it. I mean, I, I said I didn't think we could do it. I was really worried to to come out spend hundreds of thousands of dollars with an epic piece of shit. Yeah, it's definitely probably the more expensive development cycle that we've had to pretty much any of our products. Yeah. Right? Uh, for the most part, fabric's pretty straightforward and and fairly simple to prototype. But once you start getting to the tooling costs of molds and um, limited production runs and buying all of that material gets a lot more interesting. So there's definitely been a, a quiet stretch for us right and i knew that people were probably trying to figure out what was going on even we, i worked really hard for people to not see <laughs> and i normally don't you're usually the guy that drops <laughs> the yeah. yeah drops a dime on it but um no it's cool it's cool to see all of these projects finally coming to fruition well and with the frame you know my, my what i wanted was a relatively lightweight durable frame easier adjustment um and and that was was gave some torsional flexibility 
for lightweight as well as vertical and horizontal stability for heavyweight. And, and as I say that, you did a lot of this. So I had a general idea, but you made it work. And when I say that as far as where we put the we, – we, you took a duplex light frame, drew it out, said, okay, now it's carbon. Here's where the slots need to be. Mm-hmm. We had some different ideas for – the shoulder straps adjustments, if I remember it correctly, at the end we ended up doing what you wanted to do and you were looking at us like I fucking told you the first time. So <laughs> is that that pretty much how it went on the shoulder strap adjustments? I had some ideas based on how we were going to attach the, the lumbar pad yeah. to try and keep things a little bit common. Once the lumbar pad kind of proved itself, it made sense to carry that over to the shoulder straps. Yeah. Um, one of the things with our frames and kind of with all the bags is that there's like a set footprint right there's a set peg that's got to fit in the hole on the back of those things right? yeah and we have a certain distance between our compression straps some of them are sewn in some of them have uh connection points on the bags so part of what i have to do is always kind of keep the last eight to ten to however many years in mind and yeah. make sure we I, I never really want to obsolete anything i think the whole planned obsolescence of of making things disposable so that they can't u- work anymore. They're not useful. Um, unfortunately, that's a, a fairly popular trend from a product design standpoint. Um, but I think it's kind of a chicken shit way of um, forcing customers into a corner. Yeah. So it, especially when people are are dead set on the bag, right? They, they've got their bag. They like that bag. It's been on a ton of hunts with them. And they'll try and keep that thing going as long as possible. But, you know... The straps are wearing out on their old frame or, you know, there's something happening where they want to upgrade. It'd be nice for them to carry that that piece over, you know. Yeah, and, and on, on this frame, the the belt is going to be the same. The lumbar pad is about the same. The shoulder straps are not going to fit yeah. anything. Uh, and that's pretty self-explanatory. I think people will see that, but and, and maybe not. But the, the shoulder strap, the adjustment is a lot easier. And I don't know if we ever actually quantified it or ran numbers but i would say it's 80 90 percent faster to in- install the shoulder straps and belt i mean yeah. it's 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 45 seconds probably you could adjust the strap while it's on the person yeah whereas before and our trade show team could tell you and our customer service people can tell you like you have to open that shit up in order yeah. to get some of the old adjustments and then there's also a little bit of tribal knowledge for the fact of how to adjust things how to pre-tension especially the older stuff so that all of the adjusting you're doing, once you actually get a load on it, everything is even. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with this, while the person's wearing it, you can pull that strap out, move the common loop up or down, and then re rethread it, and you're good to go. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we we tested this a lot. Uh, you know, I took it. This is where the frame I had up in uh, BC. Bart had this. You know, can it? There was. We tried to test a bunch of different body types. I, I will say one of the cool things. Well, not cool financially because we burned a lot of money on the <laughs> first through fifth rendition of this. Was I personally had no issues with the frame I took to BC, but Kenneth Bart and a few others, people who are short for their weight um, or vertically challenged, well, not short for their weight, they're just short. Um, th- that frame was flexible enough that it was not overly comfortable. Now, with a full bag, it didn't matter. Once the bag was full, they didn't get a lot of flex in it. And so we ended up actually, well, upgrading and going with a different frame, which actually is a better frame and looks cooler. It didn't increase that much weight. 
because um, we initially were going to go more lightweight than we actually did. So as time went on with this, there was a por- there was a point where we opted to go with heavier or better and heavier foam and and go with more of an upgrade in material to last even longer for people than go lightweight. And as everybody knows, I am not crazy about extreme lightweight because you sacrifice so much. And we still end up getting, I mean, I don't know, I think somebody said 20% weight savings or something. We saved a little bit of weight yeah. even still. But. And there's, there's still things that we decided to go away from from a, a customer service standpoint, from a repair standpoint, and make sure that um, that we weren't making future problems, right? Yeah. You know, some of the the decisions that we made, we knew that if we went down that route, <laughs> we'd be dealing with more backlash later on. Yeah, later on. And we say later on, it could have been three to five years, but we try to, knowing, and I make smart-ass comments about this, we have bags that come in for warranty that are older than 90% of the companies that are our competitors. So yeah. to, to put that into, into context, I can take four of our competitors right now, and I, I know I, I have a frame that, that Patrick gave me that was an old one of his yeah. that is older than all of them combined. Um, oh, yeah. About. You know? Yeah, or, <laughs> orange label bags, some of the OG stuff when we were still in Golden. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, 90s, late 90s. Yeah. 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 yeah it and it's pr- always interesting long. to see those things that come in too and the wear and tear and, you know, they're like old fucking battle scars. What's really interesting is when people want a free one from a 20 year old bag. That's really interesting for <laughs> anyone watching. Um, <laughs> and if it just, if it just failed 20 years later, it's like, hey. Yeah. You got your. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the people that keep on bringing in darn tough socks because yeah, they got yeah. one hole and they think it's socks for life. Man, these diapers already got shit in them. <laughs> Taking them back. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember that Jeff Fox where you talking about Walmart. Yeah. So we ended up upgrading the lumbar pad, the belt, and the shoulder straps. Now, the, the cool thing about all of this was like the belt, and there's actually like when I, you know, there will always be a percentage of people that it's not an upgrade. And when I say that, I. Personally, I I really like the idea of the adjustments of the shoulder straps. I like a a, a more dense foam. Right. You know, we could have went with a much lighter. I hate to talk about numbers because I end up somebody will weigh it and I'll be off. But then don't. I think. Well, it was like this doesn't matter because it's these are these are imaginary numbers. We probably could have saved six ounces on foam alone. We probably could have. We we roughly. pulled the trigger on one particular chunk of foam that. Um, had problems with flatting out, and we don't have that problem anymore, but we did pick up a little bit of weight. And I think people that put on an arc frame compared to their duplex or even their old hunter frame, yeah. stuff like that, uh, they're immediately going to recognize that, you know, we made that part of the frame a lot more comfortable and a lot longer lasting. The foam contact parts of our frames have always kind of been like tires, right? Yeah. Eventually you got to replace them. They're, they're going to wear out, but, and we, it's not that we were, the foam that we were using beforehand was a cross-link polyethylene and it's, we weren't skimping on foam either, but we went a whole nother step above on this new stuff to make sure that it's not going to flat out from depressurized cabins. You know, there aren't going to be things that, that are immediately going to be a TKO on something that should last much longer. Well, and you know, the frame's kind of the same way as the foam, is when you go to we're trying to go happy medium with everything because yeah. 
I could go to somebody who's an outfitter and guide in Alaska or BC. Their weight is not a, a huge thing. They want to stay lightweight, but right. they also want durability and, and uh, comfort, obviously. But then, you know, you, you also can go the other direction where you talk to somebody who's doing crazy, I mean, crazy lightweight, you know, 18 to 25-pound bag 10-day hunts. Right. We wanted to be right in the middle with everything to where we had a significant increase in, in comfort, a significant increase in durability, and an increase in long-term warranty, I guess. I mean, like yeah. I was thinking, you would need to replace your shoulder straps in a heavy, heavy, hard year, one year, but two to three for sure if you were using the pack a lot. And they also would, you know, they, they weren't as dense, so they would flex more. So Right. Well, and you and I can already see some of the feedback probably that, you know, for a long time, it was kind of like Taco Bell, right? We had the same five ingredients, and we were rolling it into 13 different, yeah. you know, product offerings, right? It was yeah. all Cordura. It was all HDP, our standard buckles, one-size-fits-all kind of thing. And now we're actually starting to go down the route of looking at different materials, looking at the sciences of that, and seeing whether or not we can grab some benefits from it. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, we we see it every day. I mean, we knew what we wanted you know, we knew what in outcome we wanted to do within reason. And and we can talk a little bit about some of the the bags. Like we we were we were in some of the prototype testing, we came out with some really, really ultra lightweight bags. We came out with some bags that, you know, were a, a small, small fortune and were already expensive, right? With yeah. material. As um, Richard Hammond <laughs> spared no expense. Yeah, the the crazy eighty dollars a yard kind of stuff. Yeah, and and it, we went with the 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 best most durable option, in in my opinion, that's on the market. And there's there's other materials that companies use that are, are great. And and you can you can go to I don't mind mentioning Hyperlite Mountain Gear. They're more mm-hmm. of a back backpacking, uh, you know, fast packing. They go. They're all Cuban fiber white bag. Some of those much. guys got like eight pound base weights. Yep, yep. Yeah. And and it's not the world that really I ever want to live in. Not to say we won't, but I mean me personally, that's a yeah. that's a world that I want I you know, I want extreme comfort with heavy weight. Now we can and we really know after the last six months, we can pretty much do anything that we want. Um it's just a matter of budget. And, yeah, uh, nothing's <laughs> impossible, it's just expensive, right? Uh, you want to go to Mars? You got to be Elon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, th- I think what what's coming is going to be people will be happy. We we did save some weight, which was an added bonus, uh, which is always good to save weight. We know that later on down the line, you never know, right? We may come out with something super, super, super crazy. I just right now don't see the need to do it with with what we we went we we saved some weight. We added durability. We added functionality. We added. Long-term durability, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. So the only other thing, like I, I with this and in, in, in going through, like uh, I don't know, man, whatever months and months of 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 uh, assessing this, right? We ended up choosing like a twenty-two and a twenty-five inch frame, and that is something I'm curious that that people understand the reasoning for that. So, like the way I always explain, you know, uh, with archery. Why, when you go to a pro shop, it's all 29-inch draw links, like most of them? Right. Well, the average draw links, 28 yeah. to 29, yeah, right? Yeah, the math's been done, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, we even figured out 
even you know with the upper limit our our current tallest dude Anders yeah. six yeah. seven he's been using the twenty five all year long and yep. it doesn't seem to be a problem for him. You really have to be a Wilt Chamberlain motherfucker in order for the twenty eight to come into yeah. effect. And we made yeah. a handful of those. How many? How many people have yeah, you so talked I, to? I'll I'll dive into that crisis here in a second. <laughs> so I mean, what one you you. I get it for the really tall people, you know, the, the unicorns, right. They get, they get screwed. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like some of us didn't, you know, pop out with 12 inch long wieners, but we're, we didn't, we didn't, we, we also weren't seven feet tall. So, you know, maybe you were gifted something that some of us shorter people don't have, but a seven footer is not the norm. And we're not going to be able to make a 28 to 30 inch frame. Yeah. You know, for everyone now, later on down the line, if it makes sense, we do a limited run. It's just the mold for that. So if we sold 30 28-inch frames, mm -hmm. that frame would probably be worth what? The frame alone, two grand by the time yeah. we paid everything? Yeah, yeah, the spool up on that. <laughs> and a lot of people will think, too, you know, overall height versus actually measuring their torso. Torso, yeah. Like, if you got long legs, if you got stumpy legs, you could be in a completely different situation if, yeah. you, if you don't recognize that. And then you get the crazy frame that you think you need. And all of a sudden, you're running into problems that you didn't account for. Well, so I have like a 19 and a half inch torso, and I'm I'm bigger upper body. So I actually have probably my shoulder straps are lengthened out to someone that's maybe a little bit longer torso than me because I'm beefier in the right. shoulders. So, you know, with that, like people would always ask me, you know, um, you know, I use now this is the current duplex light because it rides a lot different than the initial, you know. Uh, for, well, the, the the initial duplex frame or tactical frame for me. So I would use a 24-inch frame 90% of the time, 80% uh, of the time until I'd go on a big backpack hunt. Mm -hmm. I'd go to the 26. In my case, the 26 was actually a little too tall. The 24-inch did, like the last few elk hunts I did, I had a 24-inch. Um, and I would say my torso is probably a little bit longer than average. Mm. So, that I mean, anyway, it's pretty easy. We sell a shitload of frames. Every year, we figured out what the average torso length was for those. We we you know went over that for the last ten years, and then it's just a met well maybe not quite that far back, quite a ways back. It's just simple math. A twenty five and a twenty two inch version is the I say easiest. It's not as many SKUs for us because we could offer a twenty six five four three two one. Yeah, yeah, and that's another thing that we've been getting. We've been trying to improve on is our internal flow as well and how we assemble things how we get them ready i mean i'm pretty sure people have noticed that our shipping times aren't two and a half months anymore yeah. well in shopping your shopping comfort's also easier because if you offer five frames yeah that's extremely confusing for for a lot of people and oh yeah so, yeah we used to offer it in every color and then you could have the armor grip option and then there was a bikini like yeah from the SKUs that we were coming from, definitely and th a little different. This is what I tried. Another way to look at it is if you you offer a 30-inch long bow and a 34-inch long bow. That's us offering a 22-inch frame and a 25-inch frame. And then the shoulder straps are the adjustments on the cam for the draw length. Right. And so it's like, okay, there are going to be some people that want a 40-inch long target bow. But 30 is for those people who are either short or or want something really mobile, tree stand comp hunting, hat. day hunting, comp, yeah. yep. And then the 25 fits for anyone from, you know, like crazy backpack hunts to heavyweight day hunts. It's just, I think people, 
sometimes get overly confused, probably get on websites, get really fucked up from from listening to maybe some bad info. Mm. With our frame, it's pretty easy. If you've got like 16-inch to 17-inch plus torso, 25-inch frame, 17 to 16 down, 22-inch frame, and that's for standard out-of-the-gate fitment. But Great. I will run a 22-inch frame a shitload every year I'll run it whitetail hunting. I'll run it guiding in Texas. I'll run it uh, hunting in uh, South Dakota, um, hunts like that. Mm-hmm. I, I will run a 22-inch frame a lot. I'll also run a 22-inch frame getting on the airplane. Like, I'll just or, have a bag hooked to it. Or doing Wally stuff. Yeah. 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 Some of yeah. those guys, yeah. if you've got... Tactically, you know, yeah. If you've got batteries or weight packs on the back of a helmet, and uh, yeah, yep. those guys got their own reasons. Yeah, for sure. So I'll be interested to see how it kind of pans out once it gets to the the market but it's been it's been fun kind of um (laughs) it's uh, it's just been it well i mean i don't think we've we haven't had too much hitches in the giddy up um meaning you meaning you and i like i there's always a little bit of cya to any development process where you got to make sure that you're not you know backing yourself into a corner or you at least thought of the reasons you're doing stuff yeah, I, everything on your and my end though, and the team went fairly smooth. I, I nothing was too too, too too bad. And and I think some of that is, and I, I mean, I love Patrick to death, and this is not a slight towards him. It's kind of like right wing and left wing wackos when they're that far either direction. You kind of just like ah, I'm a little fucking nervous around you. All right. Yeah, <laughs> Patrick, when you go to the extreme far end of anything, that is when you can kind of start pushing the limits of. Well, he did it on the the KU 6500, whatever it was. That was your favorite frame, the bikini. Yeah, Yeah, which things were I was not overly for (laughs) on either of those, right? I was against some of those things. And so, but it was the lightest, yeah, to my knowledge, the lightest bag ever made. And there was things that if we had addressed that when that was developed, like with the skid plate, when we found out later on to keep it from shifting side to side, because we made a four point parallelogram, right? So it could shift. But as soon as we locked that down, you might have liked that frame a hell of a lot more had yeah. you figured that out, what, like yeah. five years ahead of time? Yeah, well, but we knew all that, and we did that kind of <laughs> shit on this. There was none of those. Because it was going to uh, add weight, Yeah, right? yeah. Well, and it, yeah, exactly. But there was none of those problems. The only the only thing that wasn't a problem was we, we increased the weight of the final product a little bit, but it was a conscious decision that we, yeah. we chose to do. But there wasn't any time where I was on the side of the mountain going, mother fucking piece of shit because <laughs> we talked about it ahead of time and yeah. then went and proved it and we never had a failure the only time we had the frame break is when i did a pull-up with it um yeah which was putting how much did you weigh at the time you were you were bracing it on a center bar right and yeah it's like two, 220 um right and then you know i jumped it in my bronco <laughs> and uh you skid it you know we did all kinds of goofy jumped shit with it, it. yeah, yeah. It, it's not like uh, you actually ramped. I did that a too. Two-ton vehicle onto it. I, I did. I did actually. That's on film. I did. Uh, you weren't out there for that, did you? Were you? Uh, yeah, we put it on railroad ties and uh, sl- drove up it slowly over yeah. the top of a railroad Which, tie. If you if you roll over one of our stays right now, if you put two tons on top of it, yeah, it it'll pop. Yeah, I've, I've done it to see. And uh, yeah. it's the only way they ever break is horses and cars driving fully over. Fully loaded onto an ATV rack. That busted yeah. a lot of the, the carbon arrows yeah. from the early uh, Nuplex light days. Yeah. But well, did carbon has come a long way. So it, it has. And that's something that I'm interested to see as well. Um, 
we kind of we we did a couple of different ways of making this frame and for those out there that know the carbon business there's thermal set and thermoplastic and thermal set is your standard epoxy layup right the way that they've been doing you know civic hoods and and carbon for a long time and with that you have to keep the the carbon refrigerated it's actually it's got like a shelf life of how quickly you can use it whereas thermoplastic that's like shrinky dinks right you're you're placing that carbon in into place and then you're you're cooking it down um carbon has always kind of picked up the bad name since kuyu had its first failures right yeah i would say so and i don't want to go down that road because i've got well i've got people that hate me that work there but i got people <laughs> that i like that work over there too but yeah that yeah. in that initial frame my my opinion of that is they tried to go like patrick there, there's a reason we don't offer yeah. that ku line of packs anymore warranty you can only go so lightweight yeah like, with the specific made out of tent material yeah, yeah the i think they D went still nylon that design in the backpacking world would have been fine that that, that kuyu used but the that initial design they were learning you know that was their first mm -hmm. frame um it broke a lot, you know. It's just it is what it is. Well, and that's why you see a lot of carbon frames these days that are thick as a brick because yeah. they're like we're just going to over engineer it. Sometimes they throw HDPE in there yeah. as like yeah. a fail safe, yeah. as like a spine later. to it, right? And then it, it physically can't break, right? But yeah. then you're basically just making a high tech, expensive slab, yeah, right. So that's not good either. Yeah, but, and I, you know, obviously on our end, we had enough with our stays um, that we'd used before. You know the HDP experience from like the general gist of the market, um, and there's been other carbon frames that have come out since Kuyu. Um, Initial Ascent uh, is is one I think. Mm -hmm. Akek maybe is another one. There's a few other. Akek you know, had a couple of different tries at it. They yeah. originally found out that uh, well, customers found out that their frame came from somewhere else. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> so anyway, off that subject, uh, but there's a few <laughs> other ones out there. Yeah. The thing that's nice, like with ours or whatever, is is it really was uh, we weren't starting off, uh, so to speak, with no no help because we had a frame. We basically just turned that frame into a carbon frame. So it was right. pretty simple. Like you literally, you're like just lay down the frame and we're like notch, 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 shoulder strap, and it literally when you lay a duplex light down on top of this frame, that's all it is. Is a it's a yeah. It's a carbon duplex the, light. The peg had to fit the hole, right? Yeah. So you couldn't get too crazy with it. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time when we weren't using the machines we used to make everything to make this part. We decided to let somebody else not really make it, but people that have equipment that we can't afford right now oh, yeah. to, they, to make it, right? Yeah, they, they know what they're... Well, and not, not that portion of the equipment. The, the carbon experts were a big help on... Oh, yeah what you could and couldn't do because i when they said we can do this i was like they're fucking lying dude There's they no laughed way. at us yeah they, every question we we came at them with to that we thought was going to be a big deal not only did they laugh at us but they had good answers to yeah, follow yeah, it yeah. so yeah it was a it was exciting so that's the beauty of just working with people that know what the fuck they're doing yeah yeah and uh yeah it makes you feel warm and fuzzy <laughs> but then if you're still paranoid from watching other frames break a hundred times, you're yeah. still like, ah, I don't believe you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was very pleasant surprise, but yeah, either way, I, it's been, it's been great working with you on all this, man. And, and I try to, anytime we're on a podcast, make sure people know that you do get the 
the credit you deserve because definitely people are like, great design. And I'm like, yeah, that really wasn't, wasn't me. <laughs> I mean, I do occasionally give you a good idea, but for the most part, it's it's it, you're the one kind of rolling it out or whatever. And, and uh, yeah, it's important. You do not get out on social media very much. No. So, um, yeah. Sometimes I, yeah, sometimes I weigh the options, but I still enjoy being a ghost on that kind of stuff. Yeah, I believe you. So, well, we'll see, well, I guess. I see how often your phone blows up. Yeah, you see how often I'm yeah. like, fuck this. Like, no. well, I'm just not going to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, smart I man. I appreciate the, the kind of words, though, man. That's oh, yeah, It's been a blast. Yeah, it's been good. Well, I guess we'll we'll know in the next week or two or whenever the hell we're letting this thing <laughs> we'll rip. We'll reconvene how, later. Yeah, yeah, a big bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Right? We got to get... <laughs> it, this is like new apartment. We got to fill in the corners. There needs to be... I know. Well, I think I, I'm going to have to right stop there. chewing and drinking at some point in time here. So maybe by the time this kicks off, I'll Why have, I'll have no. kicked it off. Yeah, I know. Quiet. <laughs> oh, All right. All well, right. all right, everybody, let us know how you like the frame. If you don't like it, I don't want to fucking hear it. Ha <laughs> ha.